Welcome back to the Shelf Oddities. My name is Ambie. And I'm Serafina. And the oddity that I'm feeling like today is a warped Twilight original soundtrack vinyl that you found at a haunted Goodwill. How about you? <laughs> uh, the oddity I'm feeling like today uh, is a caramel-covered onion. Like uh, when you get oh. pranked with the caramel. Yeah, because... Everything seems sweet on the surface, and then it's just spicy and bitter on the inside. So it's just fucking a little... nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So how are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I told you I'm off today. I apologize. It's okay. Um, I'm doing fine. I have been, uh, it's been a busy day, and I've been super tired. Didn't sleep that well last night. We had crazy storms. We finally got... The rain that we have been praying for, it is the full moon, so it decided to open up on us, and I just stayed up all night watching the storm and then had a very busy day, so I drank so much Mountain Dew before this podcast, and I was like, this isn't going to hit until 2 in the morning. Nah, baby, it hit about 5 minutes before we jumped into Discord. (laughs) You're the only person I know that uses Mountain Dew as a source of energy drink. I can't drink real caffeine. I know that Mountain Dew has caffeine, but it's the most I can drink because if not, the caffeine messes me up. I, uh, we all know I'm sick. We all know my body doesn't function as a body should. And uh, I can't drink alcohol. I can't drink caffeine. I got nothing. It's rough out here in the streets. <laughs> raw dogging it through life man every day dude people don't people always are like how are you existing because they're on like their fourth cup of coffee and i'm like oh you know i just am here (laughs) well i learned recently that like energy drinks can have an ad like can have the reverse effect on like people that have like really bad adhd and stuff i do and that's why Um, i can't drink them and i do and i'm always like why do i feel tired after i drink freaking red bull it's supposed to wake me up well that would be why as a teenager, I used to drink coffee because I was told that's what you're supposed to do to feel energy. And then I would take a nap mm-hmm. and people would be like, that's not how that works. And I was like, I've never in my life felt a caffeine buzz yeah. except for like Mountain Dew. But I think that's more sugar than it is caffeine. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I, I don't think I have either. Yeah. Welcome to uh, another day <laughs> in the life of the <laughs> diseased folk. Welcome to another day of just fucking existing, man. Just fucking living life. Um, (laughs) Also, welcome back to another episode of Odd October. Uh, Today is going to be a spooky episode. We're finally getting into a little bit of the ghosties and the spooky ookies. And I'm very excited. I'm very pumped. Very excited. I'm very excited. And um, I, we don't really have any intro topics because we are recording this one pretty close to one we just recorded. So we've already told you how our week is going. We've already told you all those things. So uh, unfortunately, we don't have any really fun fall topics either because today has been <laughs> kicking our asses. But and we have uh, some content for you. We have content. So what we lack in our fun fall questions, we make up for in nightmares, actually. Nightmares. And, um, <laughs> I'm very excited. This episode, uh, I knew I was going to cover uh, for a really long time now. And I am pumped to get into it. So I think we should just let her rip. What do you think? Uh, dude, I, I, I'm ready to hear. All right. So today, we are going to take another field trip. For once, we're not going to any ancient civilization 
we're going to take just a hop, skip, and a jump from the studio over to 3860 Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. It's no Egypt, but it does have a history. This address is just a flat lot now, nothing but dirt and grass. But just a few years ago stood a house that was once so entrenched in dark forces, it brought forward the eyes of one of the world's top researching ghost hunters. This researcher decided to buy the house, wanting access to it, and setting out to make a documentary about this crazy location. That's right, oddlings, we are talking about Zach Beggins' demon house. Sorry, I'm going to add my own little thing there. And if Erie was here, she would call him Zach Begglebites. I felt like that was needed to be said in her honor. So this documentary and its lost footage sequel truly actually did shake me to my core. We are going to get into it. We are going to talk about it. I figured this episode, we're kind of going to do the same layout as we do our queer fears on, except for I'm not going to throw in any ratings and we're going to talk a lot through it um, instead of just a huge synopsis all at once. So get yourself a nice little cup of cocoa, get yourself a nice blankie, make sure you have your back to a wall because you're going to feel certain types of way during this whole thing, all right? It's a little spooky. So let's get on into it. <sighs> Oh, not the deep breath. You know. <laughs> it is odd October, and we're just going to start off real odd, you know? So let's start with the house's history. As I always do, this house was built in 1926. It's two bedrooms, one bath, and it has a basement. It is 864 square feet of terror. From the outside, you would never guess that this quaint little house was actually anything but... Gary, Indiana is an interesting town. It's just out of reach of the Chicago suburb line on the Indiana border. It was once a booming town dominated by the steel industry, and it was unfortunately left to its own devices when the plants moved overseas. This is a majority black town. Michael Jackson's actually from there. His hometown is Gary, Indiana. The Jackson House being a historical landmark in the town that you can visit. Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of trauma that floods the streets in Gary, Indiana. It lost 61% of its population in the 1970s with the industry change. So as you can imagine, it was a town in decline. Now, seemingly, it is finding its footing. Uh, is it odd that things are getting better now that the demon house has been eviscerated from the town? Well, that's up for you to decide, oddlings. I'll leave that one up to you. Gary, Indiana has a lot of media noteworthy rates. Uh, unfortunately, they have a low life expectancy and a high homicide rate. Uh, those things are both changing now. Uh, but we do know that that's kind of what happens in Midwest towns when they go into decline in every state, uh, in every what what could be economic development, because Gary, Indiana was great. And then, you know, the economy changed. We know that with small Midwest towns, I have a few around me. You might have a few around you. Um, there's kind of few things to do, you know. Uh, you can either hustle for a step up in life if you have the privilege to, or like many, you succumb to boredom or 
unfortunately drugs. Uh, this is a phenomenon that we have witnessed take over small towns literally everywhere. Uh, in my opinion, it's like what I call Midwest, Goth- Midwest Gothic. So like there's Southern Gothic, which is like fun and like anti-Catholic kind of nonsense. And then there's mm-hmm. Midwest Goth- Gothic, which is like abandoned buildings and a Dollar General. You know, like that's kind of the vibe, at least in Ohio. So I'm assuming Indiana is pretty similar. I feel you. Um, And Gary, Indiana, seems to be getting a hold of that. And there are a lot of residents who remember the good old days and like want to see the town thriving again. There are YouTube videos of people going and like touring the city because they're, I mean, you lose 61% of your population. 61% of your houses are now abandoned. There's parts of this town that look like a ghost town. Um And it seems like there's a lot of progress being made with some businesses, you know, pumping in some money and stuff like that. When a capitalist society, that's really the only way to get your towns off the ground. And it kind of seems like there's some movement there. So hopefully we will continue to see that progress being made uh, because it does look like a neat historical area. I mean, there's a lot of architecture in this documentary that is really cool to look at. And it seems like there's definitely a community there that is nostalgic for uh, you know a better time and, and willing to put the work in so let's first and foremost send out our love to gary indiana and hope that in five years from now they're making a happy documentary about it and not <laughs> this you know crazy ass one best of luck to you gary yeah so let's go to this historical house here on carolina street and let's tell its tale In 2014, the Ammon family was living in this house, and they had made headlines when it came to the paranormal. Some claim that this house was supposed to be the next Amityville. Zach Bagan sure does. It's how he opens his documentary. The Ammon family was a family like any other. Three beautiful children, a hardworking mother, and a grandma are the residents here at the time. It seems like it all started with, like, sounds of footsteps going up their basement step. They all recall that. Occasionally, someone would see a shadow here and there, you know, dart from the corner of the room. Their local church actually reached out to them and told them the house was haunted, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just gets darker and weirder, as it does. It started affecting the kids heavily. They started having conversations about death and like hell and the afterlife with something that the adults couldn't see. No one would be in the room with this kid and they'd start chatting away about the void. Like very odd um, thing to have happen to your children who have, you know, nothing else really going on. Um, A family doctor said it was delusions. Just chalked it up to delusions and, and let them go, which is odd to me right on april 27 2012 everything kind of blew up for this family the police are called the ambulance is called they take the kids to the hospital um the grandma was watching their kids the daughter is saying like grandma make it stop i can't look in their eyes the youngest is saying weird stuff like i've been here long enough i came to kill i'm gonna kill you Right. And if you're a grandmother, it's going to freak you out a little bit. That line did give me shivers. I won't lie. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? And this kid's young. I mean, he's like seven. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a very small child. And like, he's saying this to his grandma. It's, it's not great. So grandma freaks out as one would, she calls in, you know, some help and they take the kids to the hospital. 
And what's ha- what happens next is witnessed by hospital staff, which I find really interesting. A caseworker named Valerie Washington and the child's uh, and the hospital's child psychologist are in the room. Um, when this kid, this the seven year old, he begins to growl. And like act really weird and start showing the symptoms that the grandma called for. And he starts headbutting his grandma multiple times, like right in the stomach. Which not not kosher. And uh the grandma looks at this kid and says, You are not my grandson. You know, trying to like rebuke the devil basically out of this kid. <laughs> and this kid at this grandma's point, bold. Grandma is bold. Grandma takes no shit. And this kid <laughs> basically backs up, walks backward up the wall crawls across the ceiling and then down the other wall and came down in front of them what and that's <laughs> what where i mean? nope right out of there and that's and the psychologist did and the caseworker yeah. did they both were like oh have a good one <laughs> see you later <laughs> we flash forward a week and we see police body cam footage Um, It shows that the caseworker with the family, actually just with the grandmother at this point, is walking through the home. You know, she has to follow up on this. This is her job. You know, these kids are obviously like not okay. Like something has to be going here. So uh, the cops are with them. It's a whole thing, right? This is where we meet uh, the local police sergeant. And he's been on the squad for 37 years at this point in 2012. And he's never seen a house like this, right? He walks in and he explains there's crucifixes, Bibles, candles everywhere, right? And he walks into the basement of this house and after 15 minutes decides he's had enough. I'm good. I'm going to walk back upstairs. I'm going to leave. I've I've had enough. (laughs) And at that point, he notices that there are dirt. There are dirt. There is dirt under the stairs with candles on top of it. Which is weird because the rest of the basement is concrete, except for under the stairs, just a dirt floor. And in 1926, dirt basements were popular, right? Concrete wasn't, you know, freely given like that. People didn't have cash flow like that. Um, Even in a, a bustling town like Gary, Indiana, having a dirt floor in your basement was normal. So in the idea that someone came down and poured the concrete... Totally makes sense. But why didn't they do it under the stairs? It just has always confused me. I would also like to say this documentary came out about five years ago. I've I've pondered on a lot of this case. <laughs> um, so at this point, the officers all kind of chit-chat with each other and realize, like, the doors are moving around. Like, they're just, like, in different positions. And there's no one going through these doors, right? Like, there's three basement different doors in the basement. They're all at like different positions on the body cam footage. Like it's all weird. And also on their footage is a voice captured saying, Hey, coming yeah. from a voice that didn't belong to anyone. Can you imagine? Yeah. Hate that. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> so, uh, the Sergeant leaves, he gets in his car, he gets about a mile away and he stops to get gas. His radio turns to static and a voice comes through the static and says, who's in there? Which like, fuck that. <laughs> Hate that. Seraphina's like, no, 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 no. no. Who, who's in there? I don't know. Who is in there? You tell me. <laughs> What's, what you mean? I'm all ears, bro. You let me know. Oh, yeah. You tell me, dog. I don't know. Um, he is not the only police officer to have a terrible experience. It's 
we find out like basically 90% of people that walk in the house walk out and have just a weird ass experience, right? We find out that the caseworker wouldn't come back either. We do find out later why in an interview, but at this point, it just seems like anyone, everyone who walks in that door <laughs> is like, mm, I've had enough. Thank you. Um, so at that point, they then exercise the family in the church. Um, and it's interesting because while they're going through this cleansing process with the family, they're also cleansing the home at the same time. And while they're doing that, right? So you have a priest in the church, you have a priest in the living room, the officers come back and start digging up the dirt under the stairs, right? They only get about two feet down and they find some weird ass items. They find a fingernail, they find some women's underwear, they find a comb, they find two children's sock, they find a red tin at the, you know, like it's just like a bunch of weird items that like they don't really make sense for why they would be there i mean some of the things i could be like yeah for sure like i don't know maybe you use the railing on the steps and like your your fake fingernail came off Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. women's underwear and like socks like the the laundry isn't in the basement so that's kind of odd but like okay a comb like no one's doing their hair in the basement you know, it's not like a, it's not one of them type of basements where it has like a bathroom. Like it's just like concrete floor and like two bedrooms. Right. And it's just weird. Right. But at that point, they all hear stuff like they're starting to hear stuff like upstairs. And so they go upstairs and like they go to the room in which they hear said thing. And they're the blinds are basically dripping some kind of oil. Right. And they mark it and they're like, well, that's weird. But they thought like maybe the grandma had like introduced the oil at some point or if, you know, like it was, they couldn't figure out what it was. They never figure out what it it is. It's just like a weird viscous oil that's like covering the blinds. So they go ahead and they seal up the room. They put like a Q-tip in the door to make sure like no one's gone in there type vibe. Like someone's standing outside the room. It's a whole thing, right? And about 40 minutes later, they go back. And, like, they had wiped down the blinds. And when they go back, the oil is, like, back on the blinds. Which, like, ew. (laughs) There's no reason your house should be, like, secreting. Sarah said, "Eh, there's a larger issue here. For sure. Like, you might want to cleanse your house. Like, maybe not just with the Lord, but, like, I don't know, some, like, Dr. Bronner's or something, you know? Maybe not with the Lord. (laughs) Just saying. I mean, (laughs) use him, too. Do what you got to do, but, like... Why is your house secreting oil? Maybe Jesus ain't the answer for this one, Chief. Yeah, hello. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure he, he, uh, him and everyone else. Round up the whole team. Call in the Avengers for this house. I'm just saying. <laughs> Buddha, we need you. <laughs> like I said, they never determined the source, right? Super weird. And so the next day, another CPS worker comes into the home a day later. We see her on police footage again. Totally different woman. She has no idea what's going on, right? But she comes in and touches the oil. And her hand reacts terribly, they say. Like her, like the blood drained out of it. I imagine like frostbite almost. Like when yeah, they said I mean, it, that's kind of how I pictured it. 
my assumption and they kind of show it is like it looks like her pinky and half of her palm are just like white like stark white yeah it's super strange um and then she's like in pain it like really hurts her and she has to leave like she she has to get out of there and then she never comes back again she refuses to go back to that house smart woman Mm. i agree with her our smart woman yeah so that's how we get introduced to this right at this point this is the most documented possession and exorcism case in recent times. Uh, there's footage of them doing the exorcism um, back in 2012. There's footage uh, or there's documentation from multiple hospital workers saying they saw this kid do this. There's all this body cam footage. I mean, we we have uninterested players recording all of this, right? Um, which we don't have in, in other scenarios. So it is very interesting to watch. So, Zach Beggins starts off this documentary saying he went all in, right? He had amazing resources and a great crew. I know a lot of people talk a lot of shit about Zach Beggins, but I'm going to tell you, that man is just like an ugly bottom. He cannot be topped. <laughs> I saw that I saw that shit on a on TikTok today. Yes, Some oh my god, that. I saw it like last week and I've been saying it about everything. The Asian girl, right? And she's talking oh, about know. that Sean Mendez song. Yes, that's exactly yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw it sometime last week and I've made that joke a million times. <laughs> he cannot be top. It's so it's, funny. it's such a good line. It's I so think good. you should leave it in there. You think? It's funny. I know, but I, what if Zach Beggins is like, this bitch called me an ugly bottom. She's not getting invited to my museum. Do you don't think Zach Beggins has a sense of humor? Maybe, but I don't know. All right, I'll leave I, it in. Uh, <laughs> if you think my so. My only thing is, do you think, and I am not, and I don't mean this like in a, in a bad way, but do you think we have a certain set of listeners that would be offended that you made like a bottom gay joke? <sighs> do you? Because I feel like our audience tends to be more on the queer side and like there's either very very sensitive queer people or there's oh my god that's fucking funny queer people and we're those ones but do you think we have like the very sensitive sector to be fair (laughs) we both said faggot a million times in the heathers episode and no one said anything about that (laughs) so true so i don't know i think it's fucking hilarious and i feel like if there's anything the gay community can get around it's making fun of bottoms so uh, I think so too. I think it's, I think a lot of people don't like the bottom stigmatism because it's coming from straight men and yeah. neither of us are that. I think it's hysterical. You make that judgment call, but I okay. think it's fucking funny, dude. Well, it's in there. So if we leave it in, we leave it in. Okay. Imagine you leave this whole conversation. I will. And then if someone's like, well, I have an issue. I'm like, I got the gay man stamp for approval, baby. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Uh, I, I specifically oh, wrote it in here to make a gay man laugh. I think oh, I'm fine. so good. <laughs> Ally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, the crazy thing is, is that he's correct. I mean, he's it's Zach Beggins, dog. Like, this is what he does. It's what he's known for. Um, even if you want to say a bunch of shit about him or whatever the hell, I don't really care. Um, I grew up watching this show. I have a certain respect for him. I believe in this psychotic world. You have to be a little fucking nutty to make headlines. I like, like, look at all the influencers. They get canceled and they get bigger, right? Because now more people know their name because there was headlines out there. So like I, he did what he had to do to stay, you know, 
get in his bag and I'm fine for that. Getting his Zach bag ins, you know? Um, Shut up. <laughs> oh, that one, that one you don't like. <laughs> okay. No, that was funny. No, no, no. It was funny. It, it was funny. But it's one of those corny ass jokes where it's like, bruh. Bruh. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm from Ohio. Corn is all we do. Ah, ha, ha. Uh, get off the fucking stage, bitch. Go. Oh, tomato, tomato. Um, but I, I, I do. I, I have respect for him. I have respect for his work. And, like, he could be a lot of things. But I, I still think that this is something he deeply cares about. And as someone who also deeply cares about this kind of stuff, um, I have my own story that's just like this that one day I will tell. And people are going to say, you know, whatever the fuck about me. And that's fine. You know, like all you can do is stay in your Zach Beggins, you know, because he's Zach Beggins. He has all of, you know, these amazing resources and experts would come into this house and have to go to the hospital. Crew would come in and quit or have to be fired. He starts off this documentary by saying that it's cursed. And quite frankly, I believe him. In the end, it took him three years to make this doc which is absolutely insane. We'll get into why in a little bit, but when I think about how he sat on this for three years and just like quietly dealt with it is insane to me. So for Zach, it all starts with this dream in 2014. He's a spirit hanging out with other spirits, doing tricks like moving a glass across the table. And then all of a sudden, he's in front of a door, and that door opens, and on the other side is a 12-foot goat man. No, thank you. Dark black smoke comes out of its mouth, and Zach is forced to inhale it. Zach then wakes up. His lungs hurt, and this dream felt like it had to be some serious shit. As somebody who has had a dream very similar to this, I know that feeling, and I hated it. One week later is when the Ammon case is making global headlines. The next day, Zach Biggins buys the house, sight unseen. He just calls and is like, hey, I want it, and buys it, right? Not knowing me a house. lot about it. Give me that house. Gibbs house. A week later, Zach and his crew show up, right? So within two weeks of this making headlines to now, he's bought the house and he's in the house. So when they show up, there are squatters who had been living in the house, but they are willing to like show him around the house. And like, what a weird position to be in, right? For both of them. Like they have stories. He wants to hear them. They're living in his house. He kind of needs them to get out. Like, it's just like a weird thing, you know? The whole concept of squatters and then squatters having rights, not like saying you go in and kill them, but the whole idea of squatters having rights is very much could just baffle. I don't, I don't, it baffles me. It really does. Yeah, I I think it's, it's a very like Yeah, I agree with you, but I also think in Gary, Indiana where there's 61% of their houses don't have anybody who lives in them or owns them. It's kind of like, well, I live here now. Have a good one. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> hey, it's what we did to this country and many others. So like, you know, whatever. I feel you. I really do. <laughs> so at this point, when he's walking around with the people that have been living in the house, Zach gets a text from Chris Fleming who is a psychic medium. And I've seen some of his stuff. Um, I've seen some of his stuff alone. And then I've seen some of the stuff um, when he's working with the gross adventures crew. And I, I like Chris, I think he's an all right guy. Uh, I think a lot of his work seems to be very legit. So that's my own opinion. And that's, that's what I'm going with. 
And I will tell you, the text to Zach is rough, right? Like, it's a text you don't want to get. It literally says, get the fuck out of there. There's a 12-foot-tall demon guardian around that house, and and Zach needs to be careful as fuck. Other people have reached out to Chris as well and discussed with him their fears. This figure is huge and has horns that turn back around its head and centurion feet. Chris describes the demon that Zach saw in his dream, which has happened to me once again. It's, it's weird. It, this came out around the time that a lot of the stuff that was happening in it was also happening to me. Not in this. This isn't the same. It's not the same. Right. I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's the same. But like, there are so many similarities that I'm like, fuck, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Zach then says he wishes he would have taken his advice. And got the fuck out of there. And uh, I think anyone who watches this documentary would agree that he probably should have packed up his shit and let the squatters have it and been like, have a good one. (laughs) But he didn't, unfortunately. Instead, he tries to find Latoya Ammons, the mother of the Ammon family. And they don't want to talk, right? At, at that time, they say that Zach's been in the house and they are afraid something could have latched onto him, which I get. I do get, especially if you've gone through something this traumatic. Like, I understand that. Her brother will talk to them, though, and he shares the same stories. But then he states that after they left that house and came to stay with him, this figure still had a hold on them. It was still attacking them. The kids were doing like weird chants, kind of locked in a daze. They would attack each other at the drop of a hat. I'd get them out of my shit so quick. Right. Uh, and they also would say like crazy things to the grandma. Like one of the kids said, like, get your hands off me, you old bitch. Which yeah, is I don't hilarious. Love when, I love when he's like, would they normally talk to your mother like that or whatever? And he's, he's just like, like, hell no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if he was like, yeah, sometimes. Right. Like, I thought that I heard that question. I was like, do you ever practice the question before you ask? (laughs) No, it's Zach Vegas, baby. He's just asking what's on his mind. (laughs) Um, But I do think that's it's just kind of funny. Um, So the brother, he does say that he believes there's a presence in the house. And the brother says that there's no way he would go in the house. He's not interested. He would not do it after what he's seen. After Zach talks to him, they won't let the brother back in the house because he was near Zach. That's how afraid these people are. I would be pissed. You're staying at my house? Open this damn door. (laughs) That's what I'm saying about squatters. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's harder when it's your family, even. Fuck that. I I, have no sympathy. (laughs) Okay, if Ambie's family's listening, (laughs) be careful, bitch. (laughs) Don't go fucking around with demons. We won't have an issue. True. <laughs> Pretty black and white here. Listen, sometimes it just happens. I wasn't doing nothing, okay? Hey, I, I have my own story too. But I <laughs> So at this point, Zach goes to the priest that had performed multiple cleansings on the house and the family, the ones that we had seen on the police footage earlier. And um, he meets with him. You know, they just have a conversation about the history and what he had done. And then Zach goes to the landlord that had owned the house before. And at this point, Zach's on a quest to prove if this is a hoax, right? He's gotten word that another studio is trying to make a movie. He's wondering if money is making the situation something more than it is, you know, a mountain out of a molehill kind of scenario. Um, He wants to prove if these people are lying or not. He learns that other family members are insisting that this didn't happen. People who didn't live in the house are upset that their family name is being dragged through the mud. 
um, which I understand, but also I feel like living in a Midwest town um, and maybe you'll, you'll feel like this too, that like, I feel like a lot of the times it's like, well, if you had nothing to do with it and like your family in the name and like demons are being associated, like it's very like Midwesty to be like, Mm-mm, they're lying. And like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we're good Christians, you know, like they, like it ain't like that. So I feel like there was a, like a lot of that going on in my own opinion, but you know, who do I know? What do I know? <laughs> um, the inspector that Zach had hired found that there was mold and, you know, carbon dioxide, some things that could have had a psychological effect. So at this point, things are looking odd, but trust me, they get odder. So this is either a case of mass hysteria or a money scheme. But then, as Zach states, shit gets crazy. So there's a woman who lived in the 90s in this. (laughs) That sounds weird. There's a woman who (laughs) lived in the home in the 90s. Her name is Mika. She drives by and she shares her story. Weirdly enough, it's another mother with three kids. So this house has an MO, it seems. Fuck them kids. (laughs) She shares that they had cases of footsteps walking up the basement stairs. Uh, She also claimed that she never went into the basement because it's a bad place. She would have nightmares about the basement as she was living upstairs. She always felt like, you know, somebody, somebody close to her was going to die in that basement. And her brother did live in that basement and that brother was murdered. Uh, I don't believe he was murdered in the basement, but he did die in the same time that they were living in that house. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm getting, he didn't commit suicide in the basement. I thought he committed suicide in the basement. They just say that he was shot. Okay. I guess I took it as suicide. That's, that's yeah. I think it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of uh, left to be ambiguous. I'm sure if you Googled it, you could look into it, but we don't do true crime here. So I was trying to keep, I was just like, yeah, they say he got shot in the same time that they were living in that house. We're just going to, my bad, my bad. Keep it kicking. Yeah, I, I didn't want to make any assumptions. But she does walk into the basement with Zach. And then they all get down there, including her kids. And then she yells at her kid for kicking her in the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, but the video shows that no one's even around her to kick her. But we do see her leg buckle on impact. Which I think is weird. You know, like how strange is that? Like, we see her buckle. We see the leg get hit. And she, it's not something that came from her. She immediately is like, why would you kick my leg? Because she felt someone kick her leg and we see her leg go down. I don't, it's just strange. Like, what a weird place to be in, you know? And some of the kids, they're interested. You know, they want to be a part of it. They they know who Zach is. They want to talk to him about this house and stuff. You know, they feel connected to it. But the son is really scared that it could follow him home. He kind of acts a little odd. Um, just a little the son like, just seemed like out. he knew something yeah it just like he was just connected you know like it just happens a lot with this house it seems like people just like kind of like see the second layer you know the layer of grime it's almost like i feel like like they're doing the thousand yard stare and they're seeing like the upside down from stranger Mm -hmm. things where you're like oh that house Mm -hmm. is fucked up Mm -hmm. you know yeah Um, i agree with you the weird thing is here is that the mom is affected Kind of in the same way, you know, she gets that thousand yard stare. And when she starts to get affected, her mic picks up a voice saying, run Latoya. And Latoya was the name of the other mother. Yes, it's the the Eamon's family's mom. Yeah. Which is weird. And I hate it. 
I don't like it. <laughs> not having a good time. So at this point, Zach decides to set up a religious altar to see what happens. Uh, he gets done with this and then he's overcome with anger and attacks one of his crewmates, Jay. Uh, it's freaky to watch someone not look like themselves. This has happened to me a couple times in my life. And being there, it's it's really odd. This is also the first time that Zach is really affected. And um, it is weird to see. I don't, has that ever happened to you? where like someone in the room has kind of lost control of themselves. Yeah. We're like someone else is definitely like someone, someone else is clocked in. Yeah. Not on like a, a supernatural level, but I used to have oh, okay. a roommate who was schizophrenic and oh, okay. um, there'd be times where he would just like, like not be yeah, like a light switch, become a different human being. And it was like, Oh my God. So yeah. Yeah. I had this happen in paranormal mm-hmm. wise. And it's weird. I bet it is really strange. It is. That is a story for another time. Oh, no, I've told this story. I, it was one of my uh, Halloween stories about uh, one of our roommates who uh, put on. Oh, you did. And you're, you did. Yeah. yeah. And this and this is kind of the thing he would do. He would look like a different person and then he would get real angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so they leave. Right. They're like, we got to get out of here. This Zach doesn't act like this. This is strange. Like, let's go. So they leave and the neighbor calls them an hour later and says someone's trying to break in. So the cops are called, but the cops won't even go near the house. <laughs> they are scared as hell. I mean, uh, one of the cops shares that there's like so many police reports about the house. Like he has like five page police reports and the cops share that they won't go in the home because they are told that something will follow them home. I mean, you have I to love think. the fact that the police are just like, <laughs> no, they're like, we're good, dog. Like, have a good one. Will we do other terrible things? To the citizens, sure. They're Where like, are you fucking with this house? They're like, okay, you know what? No, this is a bad joke. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Say it. I will edit it out. I swear. <laughs> They're just like, there are other black people we can harass. We don't need to harass the ones. Yes, that's <laughs> literally what I was saying. Just, I just took out the black people part because I was like, we're in Gary, Indiana, baby. You know, police brutality. Literally, is crazy. that's a police paradise right there. Yeah, legitimately. Oh my God. <laughs> listen to the white people joke about this <laughs> well you know ally <laughs> for sure <laughs> courtney would courtney would think it was funny courtney would be rolling right now you kidding yeah. me he'd be like okay <laughs> okay he's like, all right that point yeah courtney would be cracking up <laughs> <laughs> so at this point they meet with valerie washington she is the cps worker that we see um in the hospital she's a cps worker that comes a week later to the home in the police footage she still stands by the fact that no nine-year-old boy should have been able to do what that kid did. So well, he's yes. nine. So when we said seven and eight earlier, we were wrong. He was nine. Okay. Look at us in the ballpark, though. Hey, um, but she is right. I mean, no one should be able to do that, especially not a nine-year-old boy. Um, I, like, Listen, I was like a limber nine-year-old. I probably could have done some shit. I couldn't do that. No, but I no. do appreciate the statement of the fucking obvious for the record. Yeah, right. No, Thank not you. your boy should be able to. It's like, well, I mean, if the CPS worker says so, it must be fucking true. It what? must be true. <laughs> well, I guess in, in theory, she stands by the fact that it did happen and that it shouldn't have happened. Oh, for sure. No, I know. I'm just I'm just trying to be funny because okay, cool. when it's situations like this, humor is how I cope. Oh, fair enough. Um, But she does state that she had to leave the city after this. 
She's not the first person we hear say this. She and said that. I don't remember her saying that. Yeah, she had to leave the city. She doesn't even like talking about it because it takes her back to that same dark place. She says a lot had changed for her. She couldn't do her life routine anymore. She couldn't do her day to day. It was traumatic. And she had to go and seek some emotional oh, support. Oh, I do remember help. that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I do remember that. She says that, you know, she had witnessed people not related to the family or related to the case coming into the house and leaving different. You know, she was very heavily involved during that time. And this was something that had really shaken her up. So she had to leave. She had to get a a new life, you know. And this is something that we witness a lot in this documentary. (sighs) Documentary. It was the major, like, disappointment. You're like, I can't say it. (laughs) I can't say it. You just sounded so disappointed in yourself. It's okay, (laughs) friend. You know. So at this point, let's take a little recap here, right? The inspector that Zach had hired that told him about the mold had a near miss with a tree falling on his car on his drive home. Excuse me? What is this, Texas? Nani? <laughs> was that a Greg Abbott joke? It was. I love you. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. I, I love you. Get ten points. That was so good. You did great. Thank you. I, you, did you know, I didn't even write that in there. I just came up with that on the spot. You did fantastic. Thank you. Wheelie, wheelie, um, stupid head. Anyways. Oh God, that guy sucks. Um. Anyway, after this tree almost hits him, he was then choked by an entity in his sleep. Fuck that. When yes, I heard that, dead ass, I'm sitting there. What? So, can I paint a quick picture of how I watched this documentary? I would love to. I would love in to. In my in my plaid pattern pajama pants, in my little black T-shirt that says "Luce uh, Possifer," and it's mm-hmm. or it's Lucifer, and it's like a cat Satan, and there's a bunch of different cats around him. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm wearing. I'm in the I'm on the couch covered by a blankie. I've got a cat on my lap and a cat sitting above me, and I'm eating. A pint of uh, Ben and Jerry, or not Ben and Jerry, uh, Blue Bell Dr. Pepper float ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and and when, so that's how I'm watching this. And then when he said that, I went, ooh, kinky. I do myself. <laughs> Completely serious. I'm just like, that's just like, ooh, kinky. That is hilarious. It's just who I am as a person. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense for you. <laughs> Um, what's not real kinky is that after this, he develops cancer, like, really soon. Like, boom, cancer. Yeah. Like, hate that. Sucks for you. Hate that. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so then we go, the father who performed the exorcism on LaToya was attacked on his bike by a shadow figure that pushed him off the bike in his own neighborhood. Once again, fuck that. No, thank you. In broad daylight, dog. Mm-mm. If you can, if you can't ride your bike in your own neighborhood, what can you do? <laughs> this is America. Is this America? Captain Austin was affected uh, two days after Zach interviewed him in the house. He was tripped and cracked his head open on the concrete. Split that he, hole. He survived, but and it, he was fine after medical care. But like, ow. No, thank oh, you. I like how my boy survived all of his encounters. Yeah, he he literally is the one that gets like the most infected, and he's like, "It's fine." You are not getting me. <laughs> you ain't getting me, ho. Um, the other CPS worker, the one we talked about, who touched the oil on her hand, 
she went in after Valerie and she has a motorcycle accident after leaving the home. Like is covered in like burns breaks a arm. I think I love the fact that my girl is just riding on motorcycles. Yeah. A CPS motorcycle girly. We love, we stand everything that she's about. So at this point we kind of know it's like this house does affect all who enter. It seems it's really strange. And then we kind of get one of the worst ones. Hi, Sasha. At this point in the documentary, Mika, the mother that had lived there in the 90s, calls Zach at about 11 o'clock at night and shares that the police had had the police had to come and help save her daughter who had attempted. I wrote sewer slide. Sewer slide. Yeah, that's fair. Trigger warning. It's dark. She tried to overdose and she stabs herself multiple times. Right. Yeah. Um, Not great. She survives. But like, what a terrible place to be in. Um, and at this point, a crew member quits immediately. Immediately is like, get the, f- I can't do this anymore, which I understand. I mean, that's, I couldn't imagine. I mean, this is a child, you know, this is a, this is a teenager. This is a young, a young girl. And she was in a really dark place. Father Maginot is, he invited this family, Mika's family to his church for an exorcism. The daughter is healing, but she's different now. You know, she can't remember hurting herself or why she was so angry. Um, There's a lot of lost time for her, which is pretty common when it comes to these kind of cases. So we are then brought into the church, and it's weird. I think that about all churches, though, but it's just bad vibes, right, the whole time. It seems to help her, though. Um, At this point, they stop filming for nine months, and most of the crew quits because they don't want to go back. Um, there's more at this point, and I do recommend you watch the documentary. It's currently on, on Amazon. If you have it, it's included with prime video. I've watched this documentary like a million times because I think it's so interesting and I've left some stuff out of here. So that way, when you watch it, there will be some, you know, surprises and stuff like that. Stuff I didn't think was necessary for the story, but interesting to watch for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So at this point, we go to Debbie Constantino, who I really have love for. Um, She decides to start reaching out remotely to this entity. She wants to see how powerful it is. She does an EVP session, and she believes she made contact with something. She captures a voice that says, something's wrong, Debbie. Three months later... Debbie and her roommate are murdered by Debbie's husband in a double murder-suicide. This is a murder that, like, really fucked with me as a kid um, or as a teenager. She was an inspiration to me when I, you know, the first time I had watched her in some Ghost Adventures stuff. And I really looked up to her. She seemed like just a great person who was very interested in this stuff and, and took it very seriously. And, and this was, this was really rough. This was something that, you know, of course shook Zach and his whole team. I mean, he knew them, had investigated with them on multiple occasions. They were very close in their personal lives. Um, You know, domestic violence is no fucking joke. We never talk about true crime, like I said earlier, because it tends to be exploitative. 
But uh, unfortunately, this is one I couldn't let go under the radar. It's not talked about enough. Um, it's not talked about like ghost hunting shows. It's not talked about in any of this stuff. And and she was, you know, she was a pillar of the community. Yeah, it is very hush hush. It's very hush hush. I think it's because of the way it was done. Um, it's a very traumatic case. It was a very traumatic murder. And um, I think a lot of people don't know what to do because Debbie and her husband were a team. And it's hard to talk about Debbie without talking about her husband and the capacity in which they were so in, uh, stitched together in the community and then so unstitched together in the community. And I, I think it's just, it's just really hard to talk to. And everyone who worked with them considered them family. So to lose both of them at the same time in such a disgusting way, I'm sure it's impossible to talk about. And I understand why they don't talk about it, but I didn't know her like that. I did look up to her. So I felt like I was in the position to be like, if you were ever, feel violence towards your partner go get help get help uh, there will be links in the show notes i it's no fucking joke it's you know it this was real debbie was a fucking ray of sunshine in the paranormal community and we miss her very much all of us um you know so let's go back to the demon house at this point now that i've share that little part here her part in this is important because you know something was warning her there we don't know what of but we do know that there was a warning that was given in this point in the documentary the neighbor shares with zach that a total of five people had died in the house including a small boy who had died in the basement which is incredibly sad as well this is where dr barry gaff comes in he has a resume that's pretty impressive. He has a doctorate in psychophysiology. Um, he has a doctorate in like two other things. So like I said, his resume is pretty impressive. And he's here to determine if there's anything in the house that could have given these former tenants psychological effects. If the mold is in high enough concentration, if there's higher levels of geomagnetic energy, which is a natural energy that comes from the natural magnetic field in our soil. Um, if it's too high in concentration, it can fuck with your head, right? Like there's those like mystery spots where ley lines go over one another, where like gravity seems to be a little buzzy, you know, like those kind of things um, that can be monitored with a device, uh, with a meter. And on the first floor, there's nothing really out of normal. Everything comes back normal. In the back room of the basement, though, the tri-field meter uh, starts regulating some regulating starts is regulating the right word there um monitoring no yeah i would say monitor yeah monitoring some feedback yeah yeah um, monitoring yeah it starts monitoring some pretty consistent high numbers about three feet off the ground i would say three and a half feet off the ground oh registering was the word you were registering Sorry, thank registering. you yeah you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> the whole debbie thing really had me kind of yeah me just, too yeah <laughs> it's really fucking sad yeah i was um, a big fan of her so yeah yeah it's hard not to be yeah so at this point zach is then affected again he's flooded with emotions 
right? This house and Zach are weirdly connected. You see it multiple times throughout this documentary. The meter is brought to Zach and the meter is redlining. This is not normal. I have seen a lot of tri-field meter footage. This is not normal. It's registering about 8 to 12 million times normal. That's how unnormal it is, and it's consistent. Also not normal. The average human body is measured in 0.01 of a milligauss. So Zach was sitting um, at about 20 milligauss, which is crazy. The doctor then starts hearing a dog bark, and there are no dogs in the neighborhood. There's barely any other humans besides the neighbor in this neighborhood. And this isn't the first time someone is documenting and hearing dogs barking or something like dogs barking. After hearing the dogs bark, the doctor is affected. Once again, in you know this weird thing where one thing in the basement turns into someone going into a thousand yard stare and not being able to really come back. They go upstairs, and this is the first time they capture something absolutely batshit on camera. Right? This one fucks with me. They're in this house. I, haven't, I guess I haven't really given the layout of the house, right? So there's a big old rectangle living room. Off this rectangle are two square bedrooms, right? So it's like a big old rectangle with a wall going down the middle and bedrooms on one side, living room on the other. You can walk through two doorways at the back of the rectangle. There is the doorway to the kitchen, and then there's the doorway to the hallway where the bathroom door is right through that little doorway, and then off to the left is a bedroom. So the doctor is walking through the bedrooms, and he goes to walk through the back bedroom, and he walks through the first doorway, past the bathroom, and into the back bedroom. There is a black anomaly that appears in seven frames. It's a black mass that to me looks like a human basically horizontally coming after the doctor. It's a solid black mass that goes in front of the open bathroom door. It's basically like if a human was horizontal holding on to the bathroom door frame, like lunging after this doctor. Um, it's solid. You can't see the bathroom behind it. It's freaky, and I hate it. I really hate it. How were you at this point when this happens? I'm very, very skeptical when it comes to documentaries like these. Yes, that terrified the shit out of me, because how do you not believe that? You know, It's what I'm weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. I, I fully agree with you. Like, skepticism is an important part of this. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, especially that, I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that, dog? Like, mm -mm, I don't know about all that. I'm good. Right, right. So what's also crazy at this point is that the cameraman that captures this entity and is, like, standing right next to it, uh, he goes through his own journey. It's a lot. <laughs> um, I don't want to touch on it that much because this is a person who is living. This is a this is someone you could go and find. Um, I'll summarize it a little bit, but like I said, please go watch this documentary. You can learn all about it there. Um, but he basically does that thing where they do the mental snap and he kind of like disappears and like goes off to himself in the basement. And then 
Later uh, in the hotel, he starts acting really aggressive. He starts acting really scary. He's running around their hotel, like not the hotel room, the actual hotel, like in the hallway, screaming for Zach and like weird voices demanding to go back to the house. He's like clearly pretty incensed by something, you know, and Jay, who's one of Zach's best friends, has known this person for years. This isn't just some random man. This isn't how this man acts. And he keeps just saying stuff like nothing's going to fuck with him like this. He keeps calling this entity a bitch and taunting it. It's wild. He was aggressive. He was it. Listen, it, skepticism aside, if this is this man acting, give him an Oscar because I was like, Mm-mm. see, for me, and it, it's really bad. But when people behave that way, I don't know, it makes me laugh. Well, that's like nervousness, like, I would assume. Like when my dad used to like yell at me and shit, I would just, I, I used to get in so much trouble because I'd be like, mm. <laughs> it's really bad. Right. I don't know why I do it. When he was doing that shit, I was rolling. I was like, this dude is tripping. Yeah, so he's like, cracking up. He's fucking going through it. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, this man sits down and he just tells Zach that Zach knows what he saw and that this thing is coming for him. Zach shares that he didn't tell them what his dream is. I don't know if you believe that or not. I don't know if anyone believes that or not. In my opinion, I think if I was him in this scenario and I'm truly investigating this, I don't think I would tell anybody either because then it's like, then if someone comes to me, I know that it's like a real scenario, but who knows, you know, anything could be possible. This man also shares that he didn't really believe anything was happening in this house until this point. Right. Like he says point blank, like, yeah, I'm sure they heard something coming up the basement stairs or whatever, but like, I didn't think it was that bad. I now think it's that bad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a rough journey to go on. Um, at this point, Dr. Taff is two floors above them, and he's also going through something. He has a nightmare where he hears a really loud bell, like right in his ear, and he wakes up on the ground. Um, I'm sorry, on the floor, I guess is technically what it's called. <laughs> he's not outside. He's just on the floor next to his bed. Yeah. Um, and he has blood in his ears. And he like he's like that's just I'm I'm never woken up on the floor like it's weird, um, and after a short time uh, after going home, his organs start shutting down. Uh, his major organs are like infected. He was in really good health before this, and the doctors can't pinpoint why they still can't. I did some research into this to see like if he finally ever got a diagnosis, and there never was one. Um, May I say just, something that bothered me about that? Sure. It's not from like a skepticism angle. I'm just like, this man is really freaking calm for like his entire like Hold organ on. system My- just shutting down. <laughs> My next sentence is hilarious because I love Dr. Taff because at this point, he's just giving theories about the house and himself. He sees it as an experiment. He's just living his own experiment. Literally. He's just it's so crazy. Chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he probably was also on like the good, good drugs in the hospital. Like, you know, like, he just—he's like, yeah, that shit was crazy. He's <laughs> like, like yeah, so that was wild. <laughs> and I'm like, my guy. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, so at this point, Zach decides to board up the house and seal it all in. Um, which, okay. Uh, Zach decides to give this thing its best shot to get at him. He's like pissed off that it's like going after his friends and his coworkers and colleagues. And he's like, it's my turn now. And I'm like, what the fuck? 
You, you know? involve them in the investigation, bro. Did you not think they were going to? I don't I, think he. I don't think he thought it was this bad. I, I don't think he thought any of this was going to happen. I truly do believe that. I don't think that he thought it was this wild. Who would have ever assumed it was like that? You know. Um. So I can't blame him for that. I don't think he's guilty for it. But I do think going. Oh, at this point, my friend has gone mentally. You know, mentally snapping. I keep, you know, getting weirdly affected. Everyone who walks in here gets weirdly affected. Let me seal my ass in here. I don't. He also says he knows it's crazy, but he's like, as an investigator, he had to do it. And like, listen, oddities, I love making content and investigating. You would never catch me doing this. <laughs> no way. Mm -mm, ain't happening. So he's locked in. Plywood on the front door. He is sealed up in this bitch. Right? I don't even want to do that in a normal house. Um, and as he you said, my imagine, claustrophobia could never. Yes. Hello. I'm not really claustrophobic. I just don't like the idea. <laughs> like Why not. I feel like in that situation, I would probably develop some claustrophobia. <laughs> what if I like my socks in the carpet, like make a little, a little spark <laughs> the house, and I can't get out. Like I always need an exit, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so as you can imagine, this does not go well. Right. Um, for about four hours, he's just like hanging out in the living room. He's chilling in the kitchen when he hears a female voice that yells like something that sounds like that's my baby. And it's odd. It's just weird. I, I know that you're not a fan of the audio stuff, but even listening to him, I'm like, ugh, hate it. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. You're welcome for that little ear thing I just did. Yeah, no, it was actually, it was really hot. I'm a little, I'm a little turned on by it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could do that for you. <laughs> um, so another few hours pass and this is where this documentary gets not great. Agreed. Agreed. Zach is posted up in his like makeshift bedroom, right? He's like chilling on the bed, just like hanging out. And something kind of gives him a bad, bad vibe. And if you've ever been in a paranormal situation, you kind of know when something's about to happen because, like, it feels weird when you're like, mm, something's on, something, mm, don't love it. So he sits up and then he hears footsteps on the floor. And, like, he doesn't say it in the documentary. And you're going to disagree with me probably. But okay. I swear to God, it sounds like goat feet. Like, I know. I guess I, I didn't really like. I see. That's the thing. I've listened to this so many times. Mm -hmm. And like uh, my brother-in-law has goats. You know, I know what goat feet sound like on like on hardwood. Okay. It sounds like it. It's so weird. Like, I don't know how to explain it, um, but I hate it. And he never mentions it. So maybe it's just me feeling in my, it just sounds like it. If you have goats. And listen to us. Please watch this and tell me if you think it sounds like go feet. Because I want to know. Um, so I digress at this point. But then the one of the worst things happens. A growl goes through the house. And it's gross. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I can't explain the sound. Um, other than it's... I How did I explain it uh, earlier? Uh it was like uh, if you played a goat dying reverse and then fast forward and then and then put back into regular time. What a it's, what a oddly complicated description by you. 
But tell me it's wrong. I mean, I would have to go back and re-listen. But I'm not going to doubt you, to. though. You don't want to. It's awful. I've heard it so many times, though, so maybe I can, like, and I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. If you don't, when you, you did not know it was coming, how did that feel? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it's so hard for me with these things because I'm extremely intrigued by them, and they, it typically inspires me to do a lot of research on a topic, mm-hmm. but it just, it just doesn't really get, get to me too much. The images, the imagery stuff gets me a lot more than any form of audio when it comes to these kind of things. So, like, I That's heard it. Fair. I heard it. I just went, oh, that's crazy. But it didn't See, really I make me like do much else. I feel like even if I heard it in a horror movie, I'd be like, oh. Like some of the imagery from these made me go, oh, fuck that. Yeah. But the noise, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. I, I don't know how to explain it. I've always kind of been that way when it comes to like, the audio aspect. That makes sense. I think I've just heard a lot of not great things. And yeah. so then I go, oh. You know, <laughs> like it's just. I just imagine just you, weird. you know, the Michael Scott meme where he's like, no. I don't like that. <laughs> Literally, that's exactly every imagine. time it comes on. I'm like, mm, don't like it. I hate it. Actually, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It was not a pleasant sound. It was not like a yeah. Like when I heard it, I went, oh, what the hell? But it didn't really make me go like, oh my god. It was just like I literally kind of went like, oh, like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's just unsettling. It's just very like. Agree. Yeah, I would Ooh. agree with that. So at this point, we see that his camera has been set down on the bed. Of course, he's like screaming out. He's screaming out. He's freaking the fuck out. And he starts saying, like, don't come back here. Like, stay the fuck away. Get away from me. Like, he's not, you know, he feels what we can't feel. So I'm sure it's awful in there. And then from. Oh, I was sorry. I was going to say, when that scene really gave me the heebie jeebies, I was like, oh. It's awful. It's terrible. Like, if if he was acting there, give the man an Oscar because that was. That's what I'm saying. It's hard for me. If you've ever. This is always. I'm going to go on a little rant before we get to the big old conclusion. Yeah. I always, people always say like Zach Bagans fakes his shit and he's like a bad, you know, he's a bad faith character in this. And I'm like, sure. Could I, could I say that sometimes he's really fucking dramatic for no fucking reason? 100% he'll admit it himself. It's a television show. Um, do I think that sometimes he wants to hear things in EVPs that aren't there? Yeah, 100% for sure. I could say that. Do I think that Zach Beggins is a good actor? No. Have you ever <laughs> seen him film a single fucking bit for that television show? It is awkward. It is corny. It's not. It's like, sir, please get this off my screen. I hate this. I'm having a terrible time. So for you to sit here and watch this scene and tell me he's acting, like I... I'm sorry. I've seen this man act for 20 years. It's never been convincing. And this is like, it just, it feels real. So like, that's my opinion. That's my little brand. I think my thing with him is that like, his reactions, like if his reactions were like, oh my God, what's going on? But normally he's just like, oh fuck. And I find that to be a lot more believable than like, a lot of us are just like, oh shit, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's how I'd react in that situation. Right. You know? And like, sometimes it's, and sometimes, you know, things jump out and it scares the shit out of you. And I, trust me, I've made some noises. Okay. I've, I've made some, some embarrassing (laughs) little late, little lady squeals because this shit is terrifying, you know? Um, but yeah, in this moment, I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't think he's acting and and that's just my opinion. I agree with you though. From his camera that's sitting on the bed, it's super blurry because it's not, it's like focused on like a thread on the bed, which he had to find so frustrating. Can you imagine going back and watching that? It's a thread on the bed. I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's fine. No worries. (laughs) And this episode of PBS was paid for and made for by you. (laughs) Um, anyway. 
Yo, imagine they gave me a PBS show. No, never. Not one time. Oh, it'd be lit. So at this point, we see a large black mass that comes out of the bathroom and comes across the doorway. And Zach throws whatever is in his hand and, like, screams, of course, because it's, like, huge. Like, it's, like, this huge black mass that just, like, walks in front of the doorway. Pretty uncomfy. Yes, it's pretty uncomfy. Not great. Um, And at this point, his eyes start hurting intensely. An insane migraine attacks him, basically, like, right behind his eyes. And uh, he gets super annoyed and angry and he's frustrated and he's scared. And like, he just went through this like crazy experience. Um, So he gets out of the house and the next day he wakes up and his eyes begin to cross. He develops a condition called diplopia or die. I think it's diplopia. Uh, He does multiple brain scans and neuro scans in different cities with different doctors and there is no cause to explain why this happened to him naturally. He is now forced to wear these like huge thick prism glasses. Uh, he has permanent double vision. So basically a demon stole his eyesight, <laughs> which is not great. Um, it is weird. Is it was what happened. I mean, that's what it seems like. Like looking at this thing is what huh. fucked his eyes up. Yeah. He... As a Ghost Adventures watcher at this point, a lot of us, um, when I say a lot of us, as if I was included, I saw a lot of tweets or posts made that was like, why does Zach wear such weird glasses now? Like, why Zach looks so different? What's going on? And it's, it's kind of crazy, like, to know that, like, this is going on. And then three years later, he puts this out. Like, so for three years, he just was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to a bunch of doctors. I'm looking at getting surgery. I'm looking at doing all of this stuff. Because he looked at this thing. Hated. So that condition never goes away? Nope. He's He has this permanently for the rest of his life. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Not great. I I feel for him. That's it's awful and scary. Um, he did go and see. You can have surgery done to correct it, but it's uh, there's a chance you go permanently blind. Mm. So he'd rather just wear the glasses, is what he says. Um, in an interview that I had watched later. So at this point, after Zach has left and he's gone through all this doctor stuff, he decides to demolish the home. Which, in my opinion, is is probably the right call. So, I have a question for you, because you know this stuff better than I do. Mm-hmm. That fixes it? They're, well, they're other worldly beings. They can't just follow you to your next home? There is a, there's a couple of theories about that. I mean, one, this isn't an exact science, so it's... Of course hard to say it's not you know even religion isn't an exact science you know which one is the right one P- try, try to pick that or any of them the right one try to pick that right so it's hard to do anything um and we'll talk about it a little bit about why he made that decision i will say that he does demolish the home but he does save some stuff from it maybe also not great he keeps the dirt <laughs> yeah. from under the stairs in the basement uh, he did talk about why he destroyed it in an interview later. Okay. 
in this interview, he takes off his glasses and you can see his eyes cross. And he, he says, he looks at, you know, the interviewer and he says, this is why. And like, it's kind of like chilling to watch because they're like, why would you destroy this home? Why wouldn't you let other paranormal investigators go? And why wouldn't you do all this? And he takes off his glasses and points to his eyes and says, this is why. Okay. I'm sorry. I know that should be serious. I know. You're going to think it's funny because you're fucked up. What? (laughs) On SpongeBob where he like has the bag over. So he's like, you gave me the ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I can see that. He, he said, he's then states in this interview, you know, you have people getting hurt, people hurting themselves, children being hurt. I couldn't be that irresponsible. Um, all I care about, he's, he says, you can doubt me. All I care about is that I know what happened there and happened to each other's and myself. And I couldn't let that happen again to anyone. He also talks about how the neighbors were having effects too, that had stopped when he demolished the house. Mm-hmm. So do I think that it works? Maybe not. He even, he states in this interview, you know, does it mean that they go somewhere else? Does it mean that, you know, they're in another abandoned building in Gary, Indiana? Does it mean that they're in my haunted, you know, in my haunted museum? Does it mean, he's like, maybe. All I knew is that I couldn't keep this place open that anybody could walk inside and then walk out of changed. Well, I I, think that was absolutely the right decision. I think so too. And I've also heard things about like some people think, demonic entities are kind of tied to their like host place and stuff like that but yeah there's theories everywhere um you know there's that it's a common theory that they are tied to either a person or an object or a place and um you destroy that thing and then that thing is gone and that you know it's sent back to its home or whatever you know we we don't know we we don't know he just he had to make the right call, you know? I think so. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we've finished the first part of the documentary. So congratulations, Oddlings. <laughs> um, you've made it through this far. I hope you guys are doing okay. There's no one behind you. You're fine. <laughs> I actually have been getting a various amounts of chills and goosebumps as we've been I would not. Ha- I literally told Dave I could not record this if he wasn't home. Especially because of the home we live in. And if I talk about this stuff, some shit tends to go down. But um, I literally, like, there's been multiple times I've had to, like, look over my shoulder and be like, am I good? <laughs> Are we I've been fine? Here, like, I've been sitting here like, hey, Sasha. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> She's, like, sitting beside me. I'm like, what's up, girl? <laughs> Some girl, how you living? Um, <laughs> so what are you? what do you think at this point of this cursed-ass story? Um, I, I believe everything i've heard i'm just like not 100 percent bought into like what i like saw does that make sense Does that make me sound like a douchebag i don't know how to explain it it doesn't make you sound like a douchebag it makes you sound maybe like confused <laughs> i believe I, what happened but i don't believe anything i see with my own eyes <laughs> okay I think, well i think it's like one of those things where it's like um you know how you'll watch a documentary and be like this is a dramatic reenactment of an event that actually happened sure that's what i feel like I, I mean, know. I guess I understand that, except for it's like, I don't know how you like dramatically reenact like police body cam footage from people who had like no interest in the story. Do you know what I mean? I or you, you think like that's fake too? I don't necessarily. <laughs> really hard to explain, Sarah, without like, uh, uh without, talk talk your shit. It's just like 
anyone anyone can be a paid actor anyone can fake imagery anyone can fake audio anyone could say like like when zach attacks the guy the very first time the other mm-hmm. guy in the room is just chilling watching him. he's just so relaxed he's just standing back with his arms crossed just watching it all happen he's unfazed he doesn't flinch he doesn't jump he doesn't try to stop him at least in this at least in the clip that they showed us that's the guy that literally gets fucked up like the next day is that the that's the camera guy yeah it's the same guy and I just feel like if, you know, you're in a room with Zach Baggins and two other guys and Zach Baggins just starts flipping his lid, you might be like, oh, oh, shit. And the guy's just so chill. I don't know. I don't think I'm, he's chill. He literally, like, acts like he's like, oh, I shouldn't be witnessing this. Like, I need to leave. Like, this is not OK. Like, he acts like someone who, like, is like, oh, I'm involved in, like, weird shit and I need to step out of this house. Like, I don't think he realized it was, like, a weird like paranormal thing like it's like it's like kind of like you know when like you're like hanging out with your like friends who are married and they start fighting and you feel that feeling of like oh i shouldn't Mm -hmm. i shouldn't be listening to this like that's kind of the vibe i got from him but once again i've seen this so many times so it's like i've watched every person you know in that and like just Mm -hmm. watched and saw what they did thing so yeah i mean i just like for me like I said, I because after this, I went and I spent like a good couple hours, well, probably like one hour, to be fair, like Googling and kind of researching interviews and documentaries and stuff. And so like, or not documentaries, but like documents or in- news interviews, like mm-hmm. I believe the story entirely. It's the physical stuff that I saw in the documentary itself that just has me like a little like, ah, and I don't know. I don't know why, but it's just there's so much shit you can just create. To make something look really believable and stuff so i don't know i'm not trying to be a party pooper i apologize no you're just the type of person that i know i'm gonna have to deal with when i go to tell my story and it's like oh i don't know how to convince you because i don't feel like it's my job to convince you you know like i know what my story is kind but that's of what i'm saying i i don't yeah. need to be convinced i believe everything happened in this i just don't believe everything i watched in a documentary was 100 percent genuine and not a little bit overacted for entertainment mm. <laughs> so yeah i could tell you're annoyed with me no i'm not annoyed i'm just trying to think of like what the right thing to say back is yeah because like i understand why you feel this way i get it because there there's definitely certain people i watch where i'm like okay like, I don't really fuck with this, you know? Mm-hmm. But then again... Um, and I will say the deleted... the What do you call the deleted footage one? Is kind the of lost like, footage. The lost footage actually made me believe it a little more. Okay, like, good. Let's talk about like, that. Because I'm nervous to talk about the next part because it really affected me. And if you're going to be like, eh, I think it was fake. I'm going to really have... An, like, I'm, I'm not going to know how to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, no. I was a little more convinced by that. Okay, good, because I was like, I was sitting here getting nervous. So, I was watching another interview where um, Zach Beggins, and then I was watching one of the producers talk a little bit about the weird things that would happen with electronics. And we see a lot of this in the lost footage. But then I saw a lot of weird stuff in real life. They had talked about how Channel 3 News in Vegas was putting together a package for their show. And a package is like, you know, like a a three-minute bid on this, you know, whatever. And their whole entire editing system broke, and they had to get a new one. Very much so, yeah. Isn't that weird? It's not the only thing, Mm. but, like, that one to me was, like, weird. 
Yeah, yeah. I said, can you not hear me? Are you okay? No, no, no. I no, said, I yes, thought you I said, hold on, give me I a said, second. Mm-hmm, to your next statement. Dude, that's really... <laughs> no, I, I definitely I just heard you say, hold on, give me a second. Okay. Call David to the room. <laughs> All right. We're just going to hope for the best. We're just going to hope for the fucking best. Um, especially when we're talking about this part, because I knew when I was writing it that I was like, oh, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. David, get the fuck in here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, w- I am excited to go back and listen to this in editing. You sure about that? Okay. We're going to light some blessing of the gods and just hang the fuck out. Editing Serafina here. I left that clip in unedited because I wanted y'all to see what was going on while we were filming this. This is just one of a few weird editing things that have happened. Uh, the file deleted itself from my computer. I knew this was going to happen and I had backups. So that's how you're listening to this. In this moment, I heard Ambi ask me if I could give him a second. And then our audio gets super mixed up. Like the timing of it gets mixed up where in the recording he's answering me before I'm asking. And I don't know why that happened. That hasn't happened before. Uh, But if you go back and listen to that second, it sounds like it says you're Messiah. Hate that. (laughs) Good luck, dear oddlings, listening to the rest of this. (laughs) So what's also interesting is that one of the editors for this film shared like screenshots they took where the lost footage part would just freeze on 99% and like never be done rendering. They had to like move to like move the footage to a different computer and like redo the entire thing and like a, a whole new setup because like multiple times it would just sit at 99% and never render. Mm-hmm. Hate that. Yeah. Hate that. Um, and this is where we hope that uh, all of our stuff <laughs> you, that you guys are hearing this. <laughs> Because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. So let's go ahead and let's move to the lost footage. Because this is the part that really fucked me up. And I think that when I was watching Demon House for the first time, I was probably more on your side where I was like, okay, like things can be, you know, whatever. Like that one footage in the bathroom um, in the first part, um, that part to me, I'm, I was like, mm, that's fucky. I don't fuck with none of that. The rest of it, I'm like, okay, like people can be emotional and that happens. Okay, bet. The rest of it, though, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, whatever. The lost footage changed me as a person, okay? I'm curious what part of it, I mean, I know you're about to tell me, but I'm just curious to know what part of it got you so bad. Yeah. So, well, we've already talked about it a little bit, but the lost footage is more of the investigation side. This is more of, like, the Ghost Adventures episode, where the documentary is more of, like, telling the story, telling the Eamon story, telling the house's story, telling their story, right? So they start the lost footage with bringing in Father Mike, the priest that had exercised Latoya Amon, and Chris Fleming, the medium that we talked about earlier that had warned Zach um, about this entity. And Chris says there's someone in that doorway talking about the bathroom door that we had seen that black mask lunge at the doctor. Yeah. Don't love it. Uh, Zach, yeah, Zach whispers to Chris, I don't think they like you. Which fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then he's like, I don't know why I said that, which is not great. Anytime that you're ever in a Panera, uh, a Panera, <laughs> a Panera, give my girl Anytime a Anytime you're in a Panera, 
Um, anytime you're in a paranormal situation and someone says something and then they're like, I don't know why I said that or I don't remember saying that, mm, leave. Anyway, <laughs> so Zach is then dizzy for the remainder of the night, of course. Um, and Chris says he wants to confirm with EVP, but he feels like there's multiple spirits jumping in and out and running around them, which is exactly what the grandma says in the police video from earlier that we talked about. She says kind of the same exact thing, like almost word for word, uh, which Chris had not seen because they had not gotten that footage yet. So they play back the EVP session and they get a crazy growl that they don't say. So like, EVPs are funny, right? And we've talked about it a little bit. Like, sure, they can be faked. I think the hardest thing with EVPs, and as someone who's gotten multiple of them, multiple people can hear multiple things, right? Like, the ear is funny. Audio is funny. They never talk about it, but to me, the growl sounds like it says all of them. But, like, no one ever talks about it. But, like, to me, if you go and listen to it, tell me what you hear. Because that's what I hear. Do you anyway. want me to real quick or no? You can if you want. If you if we want to do a real life uh, thing, if no, you tell not. me what you hear, well, I'm getting a little yeah. freaked out, right? I'm not gonna lie, dude. Yeah. Well, it's, it's only gonna get worse. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, I live alone. You have a Dave. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry, but I'm the one talking and saying this shit out loud. Okay. It's, true, it's, true, it's true. Let's not make here. it about me. <laughs> yeah. We can a little bit. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work. Um, so anyway, so Father Mike then, then asked them. Father Mike then asked them to get the items they had talked about in the dirt in the basement. I love this um, sequence. Yeah, Father Mike doesn't think that they should stay. Uh, he's nervous about the entire thing. They decided to do a spirit box session while they're in the basement. And a spirit box, for those who don't know, is a device that scrolls through radio frequencies uh, ranging from 100 to 100. Uh, I'm sorry, ranging from 10 to 100 different radio frequencies a second. Um, so it sounds like, like, I hated doing that. But anyway, that's what it sounded like. Um, and... And there's a lot of time I've watched a lot of footage where people get answers, don't get answers, get answers that make no fucking sense in this spirit box session. This thing is like directly talking to them, right? Not mm -hmm. great. They ask what the woman's name is who lived there. And it says, amen. It then screams Zach really loudly. I do agree. It's, it's no denying that. It's, it's clearly Zach. I mean, it yeah. sucks. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No denying that. Um, they answer that it's only one ghost that's there. And then at this point, a giant light anomaly goes over Chris. And I will say in this documentary, there's only two times they ever talk about a light anomaly. And that to me lends credibility because a lot of times that's all people get. And they're like, look, it's ghosts and it's orbs. It's like, well, that could be dust. But like, they don't do that a lot here. So that makes me assume like, I don't know. I just, I trust things more when they don't heavily rely on that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, Chris says, I got to know, was anyone ever murdered in this house? And a new voice comes through and says, yes. Uh, so clearly this is like a back and forth, right? Then they say like, what's your name? And this spirit introduces his name as Matt. It's always a Matt, isn't it? You know, it is always, always a Matt. Fucking around. Yeah. That's, that's my dad's name. <laughs> <laughs> So they do speak a bit about how sometimes, you know, darker spirits will try to give themselves a common name so they seem harmless. 
Um, I wish that was my experience. <laughs> That's not what we got here. Um, so at this point, they decide to dig this shit up out of the dirt. Sarah. They also. Yeah. I'm sorry. Can we just can we pause for a minute? I don't like how you said my name. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. It was so serious. Yeah. Can we just pause for a minute? Yeah. Thanks. Are you okay? I'm just getting chills and stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Just because I'm here alone, and it's just, I'm sorry. I completely understand. Do you want to record the rest of this later? No, it's okay. I'd rather, like, okay. just do it, but I just needed a second to just kind of, like... Welcome to Odd October. These episodes suck to record. <laughs> yeah, but this is this one's a little, a little extra. Yeah, when they're scary, they're fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. I, and, like, like, in all seriousness, like, I'm not being, like, a spoil sport when I'm saying, like, I'm a little skeptical about it, am I? No. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean we'll see what happens at the end of this, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to explain my stance on it. It's very. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird with these documentaries because it's like I entirely believe in the paranormal. I just go, I just watch the physical footage, not like the masses or anything like that. It's the people's reaction where I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's, sure. it's weird. I don't know. I Which don't know. to me is super funny. And I completely understand why you feel like that until I put myself in their shoes and remember they feel like how we feel right now. Very true. You know, and it's like, it's easy when you're not scared to watch it and be like, oh, this is whatever. But then when you feel it, then you're like, oh, I completely understand why they screamed like a little girl. <laughs> There was actually one episode because I used to be so into Ghost Adventures and there was one episode yeah. and I think I've trauma erased it from my mind. But there was one episode I watched one time and it had me freaked out so bad I'd never watch the show again. Really? I've also went through like real life experiences with this kind of stuff. And so I'm actually very yeah. like I'm very respectful of it. I'm very much like I don't talk shit. I, I just I'm very open minded. But then, like, that one episode, I just remember being like, I ref I will never watch this show. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? I cannot, no. To this day, I cannot remember That's what so episode it was. But my grandma and I used to watch the show together. Um, she'd watch it at her house, and I'd watch it at my apartment, and we would talk about the episodes we saw. And I told her, I was like, I will never watch the show again. And she didn't even understand why it freaked me out so bad. I will never watch that show again. <laughs> Do you want to know something really weird? There is a There is an episode of Ghost Adventures where they don't ever really talk about it except for they like mention it but there's this weird episode where they're in some type of building and i know it's real i've watched it with other people i know it's real mm -hmm. um but there's like a weird thing that happens in the background and now i can never find that episode really yeah it's really strange and they don't talk about it because aaron doesn't notice it happened so like they're like yeah this weird thing happened but aaron didn't notice it at the time so he didn't investigate it so we can't debunk it mm-hmm because we can't tell you what it is. So like, we're just going to move on, but it's weird. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Interesting. And I don't know how it could be debunked. Yeah. <laughs> in my, in my own opinion, you know? Yeah. But I totally get that there. I mean, that's why I said, like, I, I understand why people don't like Zach, but at the same time, like that man, I have seen some crazy shit on his show <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of, uh, I respect yeah, I, I mean, I think he hams it up for the camera a bit, but then also like oh, 1, he's kind of supposed to. That's a reality yeah, exactly. television show, you know. Exactly, and that's like you said, like the way I'm feeling right now, like yeah. Editing Serafina, did y'all mark that weird glass tapping? Neither of us had glass, and it's in both of our audios. Hmm. But you're good. You can you can continue. I really, I just needed to. I hate this next sequence of what happened in that dam. Me too. Yeah. This is the part that I say <laughs> changed my life. So let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So at this point, 
they start to decide uh, that it's time to like dig that shit up, right? Um, at this point, they hear a child scream. Weird. Don't love it. Um, they're still doing the spirit box sessions and they ask if there's anyone buried under here and a child's voice comes through and says, I am. They didn't dig deep enough to find any body. We never get any closure on that. Uh, not great, but it is weird. You know, it's just a weird thing to have happen, right? Yes. If you recall the last time they tried to dig up the basement dirt, the blinds dripped that weird ass oil. So they go upstairs to check it out. And wouldn't you know, just like the girlies and the gays watching Joe Burrow do his stretches before a game, them blinds be dripping. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Me too. Sorry. I felt like we needed some comic relief, you know? I Best just, dream boyfriend I ever had. You know? Hello. <laughs> so Zach gets an overwhelming feeling of needing to rebury this stuff. And uh, he sneaks off by himself into the basement and no one knows he's no, down this there. This is the scene that terrified oh, me. Oh, it is? I did don't like this scene at all. Oh, okay. I don't like he was commanded by demonic forces. It's terrifying. Oh, okay. I compl- Okay, I understand. I I get that. It is. It, <laughs> it's that, so <sighs> we we definitely had different experiences watching this. But yes, I I understand that that he was just he was going he he was doing something. Um. So he's down there. He like reburies this whole thing. Clearly, one other person knew he was down there because he's being filmed. Unless. Unless he set his camera down on the stairs. The camera never moved, so it is possible he set his camera down on the stairs. But, I mean, they you get they get the shot of him, you know, reburying the stuff, flattening it out. And when Zach is finished, Chris is upstairs going through it. He had to sit down. Uh, you know, Chris at this point didn't know that Zach was downstairs. He comes back upstairs, and uh, Father Mike asked them to pull out a recording device. Zach says, uh, do you want us to leave? And they get a voice that says, I'll kill you. Or at least sounds like I'll kill you. Father Mike says, give me the items. I'm taking them to cleanse. and I'm getting the hell out of here. He didn't say that, obviously. I'm putting words in his mouth. (laughs) And Zach says, I reburied them. At this point, they're all freaked out. Of course, because, you know, uh, why? (laughs) Why would you do that? And he doesn't have an answer, you know? He doesn't have an answer at all. Right. And that's never good. And Father Mike puts it together that when he was done rebearing it is when Chris got sick. And now Father Mike has to leave because he's disturbed. Can I also just say I love how pissed off Father Mike's like, why the fuck would you do that? He's so mad. Yeah, he's really, he's upset. And it makes sense. I mean, at this point, they walk outside and he says to him, I feel like we're now on opposite teams. Eat that, and that freaked me out. Yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah, it, and he's he's clearly disturbed once again. You can say a lot about the acting and and, and the proof and all that. It's hard to have a random Gary Indiana priest act as disturbed as this man is. <laughs> you know, like he's clearly like he's like someone who seems relatively unflappable. This man is flapped. He's sh- he's shook to the core. He, flappable. He's okay. flappable. I always thought it was flappable. Mm, flappable. Unflappable. Can't flap them. Okay. Interesting. So Zach being out of the house at this point and talking to the father, he finds it, you know, within himself to go and unbury the items. But at this point he can no longer find the fingernail. He never finds it. Actually, it's never found. So they don't even know if this whole thing is taken care of 
not great. Um, but you still at the, you know, at the end of this scene, see the father uh, cleanse these items. And hopefully, you know, bring some, some peace to the scenario, even though we know that that is not what happens <laughs> because this, yeah. is the, this is the lost footage. This isn't the after footage. This is the footage that didn't make the original cutting floor. Um, I think because they knew they were going to do this like secondary thing. Right. Of course. Uh-huh. But it is interesting that this was done before the end scene of the, the first one. So we know that uh, it, it didn't work. Right. We're, we're kind of all aware of that. So the next day they're back at the house and they share that the surveillance system is constantly fucking up. Um, they bring out the company's guy that handles this. And he's like, I've never seen this. Let's replace it. They replace it. The other system is having the same problem. Two different manufacturers, different cameras, having the protective settings turned off so it doesn't record. Because I wondered that the whole time where I'm like, well, where's the footage? Like, set up cameras, right? Like, let... Let's see what's going on there 24 hours of a day for a week with no one walking in or out. They tried to do this and the systems would never record. Right. This happens twice. They replace it again. It, it, they never are able to do this. And sure, that could be a scenario of, you know, well, isn't that convenient? But like this guy's wearing the fucking like company shirt. Like he shows up in the company truck like unless they're paying this company a lot of money to basically state on record that their camera systems don't work. It's kind of crazy, you know, like that that's the scenario here. So while they are all there, right, this guy from the company, the workers in the attic setting up more cameras, uh, they all hear like a woman yell. Right. So not great. Uh, Once again, people who we don't even know their names are and aren't related to this case are walking in, having weird experiences, walking out. We also learn that the chief of police has his phone on the charger. He takes it off the charger. This phone completely dies, right? This is something we see a lot in this documentary. This is something we see a lot when it comes to paranormal situations. Um, it's happened to me. It's happened to friends. It's something that is... Mm-hmm quite common they be they be sucking up the juices you know (laughs) the workers in the house when they hear the scream their phones die as well one at like 50 percent to zero one at like 80 percent to zero this is pretty early in the morning you know this is like these are two older men that aren't related to this case and their phones just die i if it was one person i'd be like you probably forgot to plug your phone in but like two of them this is like i said a common thing that happened zach shares that four phones in one day that happens to so those two guys um another dude and it happens to zach right so like just electronics are crazy especially when it comes to this stuff so at this point in the documentary or in the lost footage they uh, kind of touch back with that crew member that went through it in the hotel. Um, he at this point shares that in this moment where he freaks out, he had thought to himself, um, if you were real, then stop me from getting in this elevator. He says the elevator opened two inches and that this entity was peeking through the opening and it scared the absolute shit out of him and has been scaring him ever since. Which, like, as somebody who's had these experiences, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and, me, and, and me too. 
I'm not. I'm not doubting or arguing with that. Um, I I understand. Demons are little cheeky fucks. Yeah, they they be doing th- some things, you know. They really do be doing <laughs> some things. Um, so at this point is where we're gonna get into what scares the shit out of me. The end scene in the lost footage is the scene that has scared me and scared me ever since. Okay. Zach gets a feeling that he needs to go to the house, and so they do. And while filming, Jay points his camera to the bathroom. And for two seconds, uh, while he does, there are two glowing eyes glaring at him from the bathroom doorway. Are you kidding me? That scene terrifies me. Oh, good. Okay. I was afraid that you're going to be like, that's fake. No, that's what I thought we were talking about earlier when you were like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's what I thought we were talking about. So this is the scene that made me believe the rest of it. Right. This was also the scene that made me question everything. Here's what's really odd, my dear Ambi. They <laughs> nerfed the fuck out of this scene. It used to be different. Okay. I have never seen anybody talk about it. I've looked online at Twitter. I've looked at Reddit. I've looked at Facebook. I've looked everywhere. I can't find the original scene. I can't find the original editing. I did not watch this for the first time by myself. I have multiple witnesses who also watched it with me and who all saw the same thing I did. And I don't really understand what the fuck happened. So I'm telling you, the first time we watched this on Travel Channel, it was New Year's Day five years ago. I am telling you that there was a perfect outline of this figure. Not just the eyes. You see. I don't even want to say it out loud. It freaks me out so much. You see the perfect outline of this giant thing. Ducking down to come through the bathroom doorway with these eyes. The people I'm with would talk about how you could see the outline of the horns. You could Mm -hmm. see the outline of like from from how tall it was to the ground. Was it the goatman? Yes. Yeah, you see it Um, like you see it like move. And like, I don't understand because I've I've never seen anybody talk about this. I've never seen anyone talk about me and the people who I watched this with sat in silence for 10 minutes with it paused on the screen because we could not believe what we were seeing. Respectfully, you stupid for doing that. (laughs) Well, there, there was nothing we could. It was like we were also captured in like the thousand yard stare that everyone has in this documentary. When I tell you I move past that scene so fast, I was like, you do not have to worry about me. I don't like that at <laughs> you all. You do not have to worry about me, dog. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what happened. I, I, don't know, I don't know what the scenario is. If they darken the footage, if they cut the footage down. I don't know what happened. But I'm telling you, that footage used to be different. But I did want to talk about this scene a little bit because... Um, Like I mentioned earlier, we were going through somewhat of a similar thing. We still are. And it was weirdly validating and scary (laughs) to have uh, to see a lot of this stuff and be like, oh, not great. (laughs) Not wonderful. And this was the thing that made me and, Mm -hmm. you know, my spouse who didn't really believe in any of this stuff before he met me and lived a day in my life. And my friends who were watching, who some believe, some didn't. It made all of us just sit there and go like, oh, it's real. To like, in the pit of your stomach, be like, oh. Like, voices are one thing, you know, shadows are one thing. To see this thing 
that someone dreamed of come to life after me dreaming in this thing coming to life. It was very like, mm-hmm. oh, these things are real. <laughs> this And like, if these are real, what else is? You know, like open the door. And, and I've been wanting to touch on it since we had our aliens conversation where I kind of was like, I'm okay with like knowing that like things are just what they mm-hmm. are. Like, I don't have to believe in a higher power or whatever. Like, I'm I'm good with whatever. That doesn't mean I don't believe in one or the scenario of like, I can acknowledge that one exists. I acknowledge that sure. there are weird things in the world. I just don't think that they're explained yet. Like, I, I can't tell you what's in the bathroom door of, you know, this house. I can't tell you about what's in the bathroom door of my house. You know, I can't, I can't tell you these things and, and with specificity right. of what they are, but I know they're real. I've seen them <laughs> multiple times in multiple different ways. You know, I have people who don't believe this shit who have seen them. Um, and for it to be something documented like this was one of those moments where we all went, Oh, <laughs> And it's so funny to sit there and be like, yeah, it was like a light bulb turned on all of our heads. But it was like this weird group consciousness of being like, oh, we're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like this isn't this isn't crazy. This is something that's happening in the world that's real. And like I said, I'm not here to to convince anybody. It's not my job to convince anybody. I can only share my story and I haven't shared my story and and I won't until I don't live here any longer. But to be, like, super validated in that scenario for all of us was, like, really odd. It was such mm-hmm. a strange moment. Was it, like, almost comforting in a way? To be like, oh, okay, I'm not out of my mind. Or is it too scary for it to even be comforting? It was, it was half comforting, mm-hmm. half not. Because... I'm going to say something. <laughs> no, 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 don't, 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 don't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No, I, I no. mean, uh, it was half comforting in the fact of being validated. It was unhalf comforting because it was like, what do we do? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. to be like, how do we fight that? How do we combat this? Pretend scenario? it never happened. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so let's literally do that. my motto. Let's do that. Nothing happened anyway. So the last scene that you see in this is not great either uh, it's different though you know it's it's way different uh the last thing you you see is zach go down the stairs to the basement he asks if anyone is down there and a light anomaly creeps towards him and hisses at him he then screams as <laughs> all of us who are scared as shit scream and then he runs out of the house he explains what he went through uh outside of the house it's pretty fucked And then the last couple of seconds of this documentary, he goes to take a couple photos from the doorway and his phone goes from 48% to zero and turns off. And that's how it ends. Yeah. And that's Zach Bagan's demon house. Changed how I saw the world. (laughs) Saw how I saw the ether. Saw how I saw my own situation. Um, And I am grateful for it. It's definitely one of those docs that a lot of people haven't seen and i think it's really i really like it even if you just this watch it like she's grateful for it i am grateful for it if you even if you watch it like a, a cheesy horror movie i still think it's good you know like no matter what like i think it's good and i am grateful for it i'm, I'm grateful for you know imagine you know if i had gone through all the stuff i had gone through up until that point 
But it was the 1600s. <laughs> they would have burned me at the fucking stake. <laughs> and instead, I get to sit in my living room and watch a dude be like, hey, so this happened to me. And me be like, oh, well, shit. All right, cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I am grateful for it. It, it. it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, if you've listened to this and you think, well, I shouldn't watch this, you should. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't touch on. There's a lot of stuff I didn't share out of respect for some people because I don't feel the need to tell their story if I don't know them and don't have their permission. Um, but also to make it interesting, every time I watch this, I catch something I didn't before. And I think that's interesting. Um, I, I I think it's interesting when you start to see threads and patterns where you're like, oh, wait, this makes sense here. And like, oh, wait, but there's this and this. And I don't know. It's just it's one of those October things that is real odd and real crazy. And uh, sorry for maybe changing your life. <laughs> if I did. My bad. I mean. I will just never watch it again and slowly let it fade from my memory. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> it's literally how I handle these things. But uh, Hell yeah. Well, what are your thoughts? I mean, it was good. It, it was good. It was like a, like, it was a, it's not an experience that I regret. Like, I'm kind mm-hmm. of happy that I watched it. Happy that I was exposed to it. Like, and like I said, the research I did was very, like, it only made me believe it more. Like, it's not like I was sitting there all the time like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, it wasn't like that. But the research I did afterwards just kind of reconfirmed some things. I'm like, okay, well, I already know there's some crazy. What research did you come across? Did you come... I, I'm just wondering if you came across anything that I didn't. Um, I just kind of, like, Googled, like, stories about the house, like, prior to, I guess, Baggins' involvement and kind of, like, interviews with, like, the family and then what... So, Which I never saw the interview that you had talked about where Zach talked about... Um, where he like pulled off the glasses. He's like, this is why I never saw that, but I yeah. didn't see other things about like him talking about it and people like having opinions on it, like TikTokers talking about it, stuff I read online. So very like vague research, but enough stuff to make me be like, okay, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. It, uh, uh, a lot of the interviews that I watched are like re-uploaded on YouTube. So if you want to find some of them, you definitely can. It's definitely interesting. It's interesting how this all goes down. It is interesting that that house is no longer there. Um, that he tore it down is very interesting to me. Um, and that the fact that he kept some of the dirt in the stairs and it's in his museum. What's interesting about it being in the museum is that it's in the museum, but he like sealed it off. I hope they have that thing cleansed like it's in- on a regular fucking basis. Right. Well, he talks about because like people are like, why would you do that? Like, if you're going to destroy the house, why would you take anything from it? And he was like, well, I'm a collector, like everything I have in this entire building, plus the building itself has some type of cursed history. So like, I'm, you know, it's it it fits right in with everything else, you know, kind of scenario. He's like, but I do have it sealed off. Like, you can't get to it. You can't touch any of it. It's behind glass. Like, you can't all you can do is see it. Which to me is like also interesting. And like if it's a marketing tactic, I'm genius. But also the fact that like he has some really scary shit in there. Yeah. And like he felt the need to like seal that shit up. I don't know. To me, it speaks to to the power it had over him, you know? Yeah, I agree. Sorry, it's actually like freaking me out to talk about. (laughs) Oh, yeah, man, Amy, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's freaky. This whole thing is super freaky. I uh, want to commend you for hanging out with us while we talk about this. If you had to check over your shoulder a million times, I am very sorry about See, that. See, I don't. I wish I had. Huh? I, I don't do that. I sit there. I'm like, if it's behind me, I can't see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Or I'm like, I'm hitting it with the Mountain Dew. It's over. <laughs> I wish I had comedic relief or like uh, ear bleach ear for bleach. you. I don't. It's October, baby. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's and, and it's it's fine. It's just, uh, like I said, I'm no stranger to this kind of stuff. So it's not like, like I thoroughly right. believe everything I saw in that thing or everything I've read about it. I'm just like, mm, I don't like this one little bit. Here's the thing about the demon house. Even if you believe 10% of it, that 10% is enough to be bonkers. You know, I kind of want to hear like the demon side of things. Like maybe he's just tired of people living in his house, bro. Like it's <laughs> interview that's his crib. Like, like hey, you know what I'm saying? How you doing? <laughs> hey girl. Right. He's like, dog, I had a whole ass house. <laughs> I'm homeless now. This man kicked me out of my home. I, you know the meme of um, Michael Jordan from his documentary? He's like, and I took that personally. And I took That's that how personally. how I imagine like, the demon when he like starts fucking with him. He's like, you know what? I took that personally. <laughs> and I took that personally. The supernatural just makes me laugh because they're either like vengeful, angry fucks or they're like, <laughs> look at this prank, bro. I just opened all this. I just opened all this bitch's cabinets and look at how fucking scared she is. <laughs> Get ranked. <I> don't know. <laughs> you know, all bad memories become good memories at some point, and I'm sure I will look back and laugh about a lot of the stuff I've been through and think, "Okay, I got pranked. <laughs> I was getting pranked." Dog. I could not disagree with your statement more all bad memories become good memories i'm i'm getting <laughs> gaslit by a shadow yeah it's um it was i wouldn't say like life-changing perspective altering or even like perspective enhancing for sure um it's not something i will probably ever visit this might be the first episode you and i've done together but i do not go back and re-listen to i always re-listen to our episodes and i might not with this one I have to edit this. Yeah. Um, God bless you. I have you. to edit this. I know. I have that's to not really on the one of our this. jive, but God bless you, man, because if you need me to send Discord with mm -hmm. you while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I, I will not be alone during that. I hope you enjoyed this extra spooky, extra long episode of Odd October. Do you do some cleansing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> like she doesn't even have a witty response to get us out of this one, people. Do some cleansing. <laughs> uh, drink some water. <laughs> Holy or not is your your call. <laughs> um, you know, and um, stay out, Arcadia. <laughs> 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 oh boy. Whew.